Coming at you from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. This is Local Music Talk. I am your host, Michael. And if this is your first time tuning into the podcast, what we do here is I interview various artists and musicians from here in the nation's capital. Now, if you don't already, please do give me a follow on social media. It's at Local Music Talk 1 on Twitter and Instagram. Plus, if you're on Facebook, you can find me there as well to stay up to date with everything that's going on. And if you can do me a big favor, if you do like what you hear on the podcast today, please do give me a like and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts. Now, this week's episode is going to be really cool. I have uh, Joel Tamas from the band Red Heaven. They have a big live stream event from the Gladstone Theater on March the 19th. And we're going to talk about that. Here's Joel. He'll tell you all about it. So my name is Joel Tamas. I'm the lead singer and guitar player and sort of the producer of a band called Red Heaven. And if you're looking for us online, whether it's like Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or SoundCloud, you can find us. Red Heaven Live is the username that gets used most of the time by us. So that's the place to find us. Okay, perfect. And uh, I guess the main reason why uh, you're here on the show today is uh, you got a nice show coming up. Uh, Did you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So I've been uh, doing the Red Heaven thing uh, for a while now, and it sort of crept up on me, but I recently realized I've been doing this for 10 years. So the 10-year anniversary is in March. And so a few months ago, I was thinking, like, I should really do something for that. And, uh, you know, during COVID times, it's a little bit of a challenge to come up with something really creative because getting people out to do stuff is obviously not a given, right? So, um, but I had heard that the Gladstone Theater... Uh, was available for some stuff. And so I started talking with them. And what we decided to do is to take the full band, which is six people. We're taking the full band to the Gladstone Theater to perform. But there will be no audience in, in, the, uh, in the theater, which is, you know, which is kind of like, it's funny because it's kind of like a band's worst nightmare. Like, uh, I know you've been, you do band, you've been in bands yourself. And, and so, you know, you ever get that feeling, you walk in, there's just like no people there. And it's, you just feel your gut drop, you know? Yeah, but, familiar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. So, uh, but I'm doing this by design. So what we're going to do instead is we're going to uh, live stream the whole thing, uh, video and audio. And uh, you'll be able to watch it like on all the socials. I'm pretty sure at least on Facebook, uh, YouTube, possibly Instagram, but you'll definitely be able to find it at redheaven.ca, which is the band's website. Yeah, it sounds like it will be a cool thing. Obviously, uh, live streaming has been a really big deal over uh, this pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess the different uh, thing about what you're doing is you've got a pretty big production going on. It's not like just one person with like one or two inputs, like a <laughs> singer, guitar player or a DJ or something. This is like a full band, which is really exciting to me. Yeah, and me as well, by the way. <laughs> and, and and I will be as surprised as you are to find out what happens, to be honest. Um, yeah, so the full band will be there. It'll be me, Mike McNeil, who is a drummer. And, uh, you know, some of the people who are playing around Ottawa might recognize some of these names, right? Uh, Mike McNeil is playing drums. Uh, Mike Bercier on bass. Um, Ali, uh, Ali Bruno will be singing. And... Um, uh, Trevor Lubin will be playing guitar. Marlene Cruz will be playing violin. And then there's me playing guitar and singing. So you mentioned uh, you guys have been around for about 10 years now. So can you take me back about 10 years ago? (laughs) How did this whole thing started? And did you think it was still going to be going on in a decade later? Okay. Well, you know, today I was washing my dishes and I was thinking you were going to ask this question. And I was practicing answers. 
because I was like, how do I give them like the shortest possible answer? So I don't get like that thing where they stick out the cane and it goes around your neck and you pull them off the stage. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to give you the shortest answer I've got. And if it seems long, just forgive me is all I ask. <laughs> I'll take so, your time with it. Okay. So it started in a really weird way and it still is kind of weird, but it was also kind of awesome. So if you go back to about 2010, um, I was living in Gatineau at the time. And uh, I had been out of music for probably, and I'm just estimating like around 15 years by that point. I took a big break uh, uh, just before my first daughter was born. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it had been a while, but I'd been really kind of wanting to get back into it. And this little light went on in my head where I realized I kind of had everything I needed. And by that time, by 2010, you could do stuff by yourself, you know, with your laptop, right? And I like a consumer could do it. Like, well, like I had my laptop, I had my guitar, I had a little box that connected the guitar to the to the laptop, and I had a microphone and all that stuff. And I was suddenly sort of <clears throat> suddenly sort of realized like I could just be making music right now. I could be, and I real I started looking at Garage Band and stuff like that, and just getting back into it. And one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to have that that full band sound, you know, because that's how I think, that's how I write. You know, I'm always hearing drums, bass, guitar, and like whatever else. So I'm not really like a, uh, an acoustic guitar player is going to go out to like a coffee house, with my acoustic guitar and just do like get my Joni Mitchell type situation going. And so I really needed that. So I needed some kind of multi-track type of type of thing. And I began to realize that was that was an option that was available to me. And this is where it gets a little weird, but just stay with me anyway. Thing is, I, I couldn't really go out to play in bars. Right. So I couldn't even get that band together at the time. It was one of the barriers to doing it. Right. Because I didn't have anywhere to practice with a band. And at that point, I didn't know anybody. So there was that as well. But also, like, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I was a single parent. So I, you know, I had my kids part of the time too. And I couldn't be like, well, dad's going out to play until two or three in the morning. So, you know, just, you know, watch TV or like whatever. Like, I wouldn't want to do that. Right. <laughs> and so I was kind of stuck. So at that time, I was aware of an online virtual community called Second Life, which is sort of this bizarre place that's to, to sort of sum it up. It's, it's basically like a huge 3D chat room. It's, it's kind of more than that, too. But um, it, it's a lot like playing a game, like a 3D game without the game. Like if you can imagine playing Fortnite, but there's no fighting, there's no guns, and it's just people walking around talking to each other. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a, it doesn't sound that interesting, but what it did do is it provided me an, a place to stream the music that I was performing. So what would happen is I would log into Second Life and people would come in and listen and, and I could perform that way. And so what I did is I used GarageBand to start creating backing tracks and stuff like that. And I started to think like this, this is a thing I can do. So, you know, I created the backing tracks and I was singing and all this kind of stuff. And I actually, one of the things that people, I don't think hardly anybody knows about it is you can actually make money doing that so i was actually making money doing this in second life as well you know i perform like three four times a week and you know make like 30 or 40 maybe 30 or 40 bucks like every time i played so like not tons of money but you know like not nothing either right so i was doing that for about a year and i was really enjoying it and i was like in a really like heavy composition and performing and just like getting my skills up and i kind of got to a point where i like what am i even doing like where like where is this going like, and because and, obviously the, 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 the vision in my head was not like, well, I'm going to be playing in Second Life until I'm 80 years old. That's, that's the dream. And so I sat down and I had a chat with my best friend who um, is just a, an incredibly gifted drummer, one of the best drummers that you'll, you'll ever meet. Um, and I just said, like, you know, look, I've, I've written all this material. I've got my skills up. You know, I've got lots of ideas. Like, what do you think I should be doing right now? And he said, you should do an album. And I said, I don't think I can afford an album, but... 
he said, I'm going to help you. So we figured out some, some ways to kind of like shave the expenses off of it. We ran, ran some crowdfunding and, and that kind of thing. And I made an album. And that first album came out in uh, January 2013. It was called Amplification. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm a guy who makes albums, right? So I've got like dark sunglasses and that sort of thing. So I'm really into myself at that point. And, uh, and then I released another album in 2015 called Moth. And a little bit later, like the 2017 kind of area, I was like, you know what? I want to start playing out because I've been playing tons and tons. And like by this point, literally thousands of Second Life shows had been behind me at that point. But I wanted to do some actual live shows. So I kind of got a band together and I started playing around in, uh, in Ottawa. That's how I actually met uh, our mutual friend Skylar that way, because we both did a gig together uh, uh, at one point. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of kind of what I did. And then, you know, 2020, January 2020, which seems like 10 years ago, but it's actually just like a year and a few weeks ago. Uh, we released our third album called Echo Location. And uh, and here I am. <laughs> Yeah, I had no idea that uh, Second Life was going to come into this, but that's that's pretty cool, actually. It's a unique. And story. you know, I hesitate. To, like, I hesitate to tell people because what I find is that either people haven't heard about it, so now now I've got to like give a TED talk explaining what Second Life is, or people have heard like really weird stuff about it, right? So they're like, oh, Second Life, isn't that a place where you have like all of this, like, like, well, I'm not going to say it, but like, I'm like, actually, you know, you can do other stuff too. So that that was sort of part of it. Mm-hmm. So I guess now that I know that there's uh, live music on yeah. Second Life, uh, is that uh, something you think will come back, or are you happy just performing with the full band? Well, it was it was kind of weird because, um, you know, I embraced like so playing through Second Life is streaming, right? Uh, I'm streaming to my music, so I had my whole setup, I had my backing track setup, I had my guitar setup, good to go. I got my my microphones and like all my stuff is kind of set, right? I got my mixes and my gear and all this sort of stuff. And like I said, I'm not making tons of music. Sorry, I'm not making tons of money, but I'm making something, right? So it's not nothing. I'm not losing money on every gig when I stream, right? And uh, I did a ton of shows in 2017, especially. I did a ton of shows with the band. I've done a few like since then, but you know, I wasn't like it was killing my killing me financially to do it. Um, you know, because there's a lot I don't understand about what it takes to run a bar or a, or a music venue in, in Ottawa. I've never done it. Uh, I don't know what it entails and I don't want to pretend that I can read somebody's mind and say like, this is what, what goes into it. But I will say that I played lots of shows Tuesday at nine 30 and there'd be nobody there because who goes out at Tuesday at nine 30 to play? At a bar, I like to see live music, right? Like it's not, it's not very often you, you kind of get that. It's not the prime sort of thing, right? It's the wrong day. It's the wrong time, in my opinion. And I always kind of thought that music should start earlier in Ottawa. But anyway, the, the point I'm making is that we did tons of shows in 2017 at lots of different places, live on Elgin and DeCuff and uh, Brass Monkey and, and those kinds of places. And, uh, you know, we were just, I was just not building up that much of an audience that way. And I began to realize I'm not going to build an audience this way. This is not going to happen. Like I might play like five shows and like one guy's like, Hey, I like your songs. And like, that'll be the end of it. Or he might like, like me on Facebook. And I'm like, this momentum is not moving fast enough for me. So, um, so I tamped that down quite a bit and basically stayed online doing stuff. But I, wanted to sort of go like well i've had a lot of success with streaming up to this point and i have a worldwide audience which is kind of interesting because normally you start with a local audience and you kind of go out like if that's a thing that you have the the fortune to do 
you start local and then you kind of grow out. But I kind of doing it, kind of doing it the other way around. So when I play online, I get an audience. But when I play in Ottawa, it's kind of hard to bring people out, if you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. sorry, you, so you were asking like about the live shows. I'm going to keep streaming because it's what I know. And the funny thing about when the, the quarantine began and when the pandemic began is that all sorts of people were like, well, I guess I got to do this now. And I'm like, I've been doing this for 10 years, so I'm fine, you know, at that point. And I was super <laughs> comfortable with it. And so the, the 10th anniversary show that we're doing is actually beginning to explore something else. I'm trying to kind of evolve, which is instead of just me streaming by myself, exploring ways to get the whole band streaming instead. So that was good. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Have you uh, had like any luck getting the band together for some kind of a practice? Are you able to do that like online or how's that? Well, work? Um, the, luckily for me, the guys in the band are very good. So uh, when they're looking at the material, like they can pretty much learn the material by themselves. Now, I would never want to like do a gig without a practice like that would be nuts. But if I was in a position where I had to do a gig without practicing, this would be the band I'd want to do it with because they are really good and they really do learn their parts and all that sort of thing. So what we're doing is we're doing uh, one-on-one practices on Zoom together, just sort of nailing down parts and going like, okay, well, you know, what are we going to do here? Just working out like individual stuff. We're going to have two rehearsals and I have a whole sort of socially distanced setup that I've worked out in my house that I think is going to do the trick. And uh, yeah, so to answer your question, we're going to have two rehearsals before the show, uh, but we're having like these little mini one-on-one rehearsals that are actually kind of going well too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the struggles with a lot of bands right now. I feel like most people have gone on these extended hiatuses and uh, a lot of the front men are bringing out like their bedroom projects and streaming that way. So yeah, like I keep saying, it is really awesome to hear that there is a band that's able to do some things while the pandemic yeah. is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you mentioned that it kind of started off with just you and then it branched out into being a band. Uh, have you found that that's affected the sound at all? Or do you find that you're still like doing a lot of the same stuff that you were doing when it was just well, you? having live musicians so even though i'm recording myself live and i'm like recording live drums and this kind of thing playing with backing tracks is never going to be as good as playing with a live band especially if you've got a really good band you know and uh so to to put it mildly it's just so much better right and i guess that's sort of why i want i'm sort of exploring ways to to bring the whole band to bed still don't really have all this nailed down but the the red heaven we're calling red heaven x like red heaven 10 you know um, the Red Heaven X event <laughs> is going to be sort of like um, a very well-planned experiment to see how we do when there's a bunch of musicians streaming together because that's my dream is to play with these great people, you know, and not to have to do it by myself all the <laughs> time. But I don't want to have to go back to the cuff again. And that's nothing against the cuff. I do not. They were super cool with me and I have no problem with it, but I'm sort of trying. It's, it, I, can't, I don't want to do like Tuesday at 930 shows anymore, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I, like, I'm 51, right? So imagine me calling my friends who's like a manager at a bank or somebody who's like a principal or something like that. And I'm like, hey, would you like to come out at 930 on Tuesday and listen to like me for 20 minutes? And they're kind of like, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> and like, what am I supposed to say? Like, oh, how could you how could you betray me like this? It's really, well, of course, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, after I turned 23, I started feeling like that every time I got it. <laughs> invited to a weekday right. so show double so that and add I a feel few that. and that's how i feel right now 
Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, in terms of uh, Ottawa's uh, music scene, have you found that uh, that's kind of shaped you a little bit? Have you made like good relationships with other musicians around Ottawa? You no, know, I. I... Uh, in terms of shaping me, I don't know. Um, the gigs that I've played, I've played a ton. Like I said, we played a ton of on stage gigs. It really helped me to get my gear together to figure out like what does it take to play, you know, when you're actually on a stage in front of a microphone, which I kind of knew before, but I was playing new material. I had new, you know, new gear and stuff. So that that really helped me out a lot. But uh, the the Ottawa scene didn't shape me itself because you know the Ottawa scene is not like it's not a scene that's very characterful. There are a lot of characterful people in it and a lot of amazing people in it, but you don't kind of go like, okay, you know, when you say like the Minneapolis sound or the Seattle sound, like you kind of know what you're talking about. Right. But you don't really say like, well, the Ottawa sound and people will be like, well, what's that like? You know? So it didn't really shape me in that way. However, I made some amazing friends and I still have those friends right now uh, with, uh, with plenty of people in, uh, in Ottawa who are, uh, who are out there doing music and doing great music. And I just, I feel very blessed to uh, to have had the opportunity to, to make those connections, you know. Uh, when it comes to songwriting, uh, is there any sort of things that you find are very influential that you like to write about? Or do you find that it's more about just finding a groove on the guitar and then the words kind of find their way after? Um, you know, it's it's, it's weird. I, I, I think I'm the only person... And I, I know this is weird, so so I can just admit it. But I think I'm the only person who starts with a title, and then I I write the song around the title. Um, it, it's sort of like if you ever seen the Karate Kid, there's a scene where like Mr. Miyagi says to Daniel San like how to cut bonsai trees, and he says like close your eyes and imagine it, and then you open your eyes and you cut away all the parts that weren't part of whatever it is that you pictured in your head. Uh, it sounds, I, I mean, when I'm saying it out loud, it sounds really pretentious, but that's kind of how I write. <laughs> So you come up with uh, this like title and then from there you kind of like branch out like what do you think that sort of means? Like yeah. is that what you mean? And I mean I, I think that you know if if certain words can if you just sort of sit with them for a little bit they can evoke uh certain feelings, right? And sometimes uh they can even evoke feelings that don't translate very well into literal uh language, which is actually a great place for music to enter because you can translate it into great music, right? So I have a song, for instance, called Attenuate, and it's, a, it's an instrumental song. And I just thought, like, that word, I just kind of sat with it, like, attenuate. And I thought, what, is that, what does that sound like? like? Like, it gave me a feeling, and I'm like, I'm going to find this feeling, and I'm going to nail this down in this song. And, and it turned out to be great, and I think that's kind of how I approach a lot of this stuff, is, is doing it that <laughs> way. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Actually, uh, I don't know if you know uh, Dick Cooper from the Cooper Brothers, but... I remember hearing him say that that's kind of how he does mm. his writing as well. So that's pretty cool that you it's do nice that. It's nice to hear too. somebody else does it, and actually, it's... because I've, uh, I always feel weird saying it, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard of it, at least. I don't know how many other people have, but yeah, yeah it works, it right? <laughs> and so, like, in terms of the material, I'm not really, like, um, in terms of the subject matter, I'm not really, like, a girls in cars kind of guy, Um uh, you know, I, I have a, a sort of a strong spiritual life. I mean, I don't consider myself to be particularly religious, but I mean, I, I think a lot about sort of things that are kind of just beyond the, the banality of day-to-day -day life. And I, the degree to which I succeed in bringing that to the music is is debatable. That's that's a matter of opinion, but that's what I, I seek to bring 
into the lyrics is sort of like calling on some higher ideas and sort of going to some some higher places when I can, you know. So when uh, you do this writing and you bring it to the band, do you have like all like your parts already like set out like you have the drums and the bass and everything or do you kind of have your end of it and you kind of bring it to the guys and they kind of go from there and they come up with their well, own largely bits? i compose everything right and i'm sort of um i mean i'm i'm the leader of the band and i don't mean that sort of in an authoritarian sort of way it's just that this is my music you know so um i write it mm-hmm. and i take parts to them but it really kind of depends on on who it is so for instance I work with a singer who lives in Russia and her name is Olga and Olga is, is one of the most incredible musicians I've ever, I've ever met in my entire life. And so when I give Olga stuff, I don't tend to direct her much. I tend to just let her do whatever she wants. And then she gives me back a file and I've got like, you know, literally 36 parts uh, of harmony and stuff. And I'm like, thank you. I would not have thought, you know, how to do what you just did. So it's kind of cool that way. Other people, I mean, there's always a thing where you kind of guide and you go like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to bring it down dynamically in this section or bring it up here. Or I can say like this evokes, uh, you know, a kind of a feel like this player might have had in this song. But most of the time I don't have to tell. It's one of the great things about musicians who are really good at what they do is that you can play the song for them. And then with a minimal of guidance, they can kind of find it and they can bring their own personality to it. But at the same time, also honor what the song is actually about and how it's supposed to feel. Yeah, it makes sense. One of the things I've talked about a couple times on uh, the podcast is just like, I guess like band mm-hmm. chemistry kind of stuff. So this sounds like to me, like it's very much like it's, it's you, like it's very much your project and then everybody very like kind of compliments yes. it in their own way. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I know that's becoming a more common thing, especially with, you know, technology and people can start, you know, doing everything on their own on like their own computer and stuff. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, do you find that, uh, I don't know. How do I ask this? Uh, are like, are your bandmates kind of cool with that uh, way of writing? Do they try to like get a little bit more involved in that or, or is everybody just kind of okay with that type well, of it, chemistry? I think everybody's good with it. If they're not, then they're not telling me, <laughs> which is Probably a whole other problem I, I would at some point need to be aware of, but it's, it's very clear. The roles are very clear. So I think the sort of in terms of uh, the collaborative aspect of being in a band, I, I think the friction comes when it's not clear what everybody's supposed to be doing. So when you get two people who are sort of um, hoping, even if they're not sort of consciously hoping, but sort of vying to be like leaders within the band, then you get some friction because the roles are not clear. The expectations are not clear, you know? And uh, that's a thing that that can be a problem. Uh, In this case, I literally say to these guys, look, I I need a guitar player and I will pay you X amount. Would you like to come and be part of this? And they say yes or they say no. And it's, it's, it's a professional situation and no feelings get hurt. And so often I will say to these guys, because we're friends, you know, like it's not, it's not sort of like an indentured labor type of thing. Like, but I will say to them, you know, can, can you give me some suggestions for this? And, you know, and, and they do, and we work, we work with that. But, uh, uh, honestly, the, the, the guys in the band, Marlene, uh, Michael Bercier and Michael McNeil, um, Ali and uh, Trevor are honestly some of the nicest people I've ever met and the most easygoing people I've ever met. So there's really, mm-hmm. it's, it's actually one of the things I really like about this particular configuration. It's just, everybody is so good at what they do and there's no drama. Like nobody sort of shows up and they're like carrying something around. Like, you know, when you're in a band practice and like there's one guy and he's like playing, but you can tell there's something on his mind, but he doesn't want to say it. Like, like I am sort of over all of that. 
And these guys don't bring that energy. In. Uh, so over uh, the pandemic here, uh, I know you guys did release an album last uh, January. Uh, have you been able to do a whole lot with that since then? Or has it uh, just mostly been, you know, just kind of doing the odd live stream here and there and, you know, not a whole lot much well, more than that? Um, I live stream like I live stream like four times a week. So I'm, I'm always going no matter what. And I use Facebook as well for live streaming, not just second life. So I have, I'm trying to kind of uh, diversify where the live streams are happening. But to answer your question, um, I had some, plan <laughs> I had some plans for the album. Like we were actually thinking of like, well, maybe like a launch party would be nice. And that didn't happen, but you know, it, was, it, it worked out. Okay. It's, it's uh, the, the, the album did some business. So, so echo location was a little different. It was like, it was a long album too. It was like 72 minutes or something like that. So it was, it was, there's a lot of material there. And it was also really sort of on the heavy end uh, of, it was, it was a lot more metal, a lot more rock, uh, a lot more sort of experimental weird stuff, you know? And um, so it was a really cool place to go artistically. I will confess that I was never super clear how I was going to deal with it commercially and sort of where I was going to plug it in. Okay. And as it happens, like literally all the plans I had for it kind of went in the dumper anyway. So it was, it was okay. I wasn't like, that didn't upset me at all because I'm, trust me, I'm very used to not selling very many records, but echo location did okay. And I was happy with that. But one of the things that we're doing, and this is ridiculous, like I'm almost embarrassed to say this because it's such a bad idea, but um, I've been working on two albums <laughs> concurrently. Um, that are going to be released. One of them is going to be released on the evening of Red Heaven X on March 19th when we're at the Gladstone. We're going to release it that day. And that album is called Meanwhile. And it's an album of all cover songs, which is the first time I've ever done that. So that's going to be kind of cool. And the other album is called The Ever-Turning Wheel. And it'll probably, like, I don't have a firm date, but it's going to be like two months later. Like, it's not going to be very long. And uh, this is what I've been doing for the last year is just really working on this stuff a lot. And it's stuff I really wanted to get out, you know, and especially because, you know, if echolocation had kind of gone to the like the like the Beyonce level, maybe somebody, you know, in a suit would have been able to say to me, like, maybe you should wait on these next two albums and just let echolocation kind of do its thing. But I don't really have a, a guy in a suit in my life and echolocation did not rise to Beyonce level. So, I, and like, because I work for myself, so I'm kind of like, you know what? I feel like releasing two more albums, so I'm just going to do it. And so that's, that's kind of what we've, <laughs> what we've been aiming at. Uh, in terms of that uh, cover album, is there uh, any uh, thing you can say about that in terms of specific covers or no, is it it's, all it's a little bit secret? It's not secret at all. In fact, a lot of the stuff is <laughs> stuff that I have already been performing live anyway. And that's what gave me the ideas. I was thinking like, you know, I already know these songs. I've already got the stuff. A lot of this stuff is already tracked. It's like, it would be ridiculous if I didn't at least consider releasing it, you know? So that's what we did. So I can read the list mm. of songs if you want. I don't know if that's... Okay, so, um, oh, sure. I don't. I don't know if this is gonna be the order. That's the only. <laughs> that's the only thing. So as long as you don't care about that, uh, "Holiday on the Moon" by Love and Rockets. Um, and by the way, if you're like I have never heard of that before, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, uh, "Mama Said" by okay. Peter, <laughs> um, "Metal" by Gary Newman, "Something in the Way" by Nirvana, "What the Water Gave Me" by Florence the Machine, "Soma" by Smashing Pumpkins. Love is Blindness by U2, Always Crashing in the Same Car by David Bowie, Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd, Where Did You Sleep Last Night by Lead Belly, and The Hell of It by Paul Williams. That's the track list. 
Okay, that's like that's relatively eclectic. Actually, that's pretty cool. I <laughs> like uh, I like that. I hope a lot of people. <laughs> uh, is that? Yeah. Are we going to hear um, a lot of those songs on? Uh, oh yeah. I guess uh, the nineteenth yeah, uh, when you're performing at well, Gladstone. I'm so uh, I'm. <sighs> Like I said, the the next album that's called The Ever Turning Wheel is coming out pretty soon. So I'm including a a good chunk from all five albums, uh, mainly because I just want to make I, I don't really want to go full on retrospective in that way, but I want to make sure that like anybody who was with with us in 2012, you know, will will go like, oh yeah, I remember when that song came out, you know. And uh, but at the same time, I also want to be the, like we are releasing an album that day. So, of course, we're going to play tons of stuff from that album and a few from the album that's about to drop as well. So I'm, tr I'm trying to balance it between all five. But there's some albums where I kind of like, well, you know, this extra song, it would it would puts a little more on this album, but it's also really cool. So uh, anyway, I think it's going to be really strong. Mm hmm. Uh, in terms of, I don't know how much you can speak to this, but in terms of uh, the setup that you're going to have over at uh, Gladstone, uh, do you think it's just going to be like one uh, camera there and like everybody, I guess, somewhat social distanced? Oh, or man, how do you think gonna it's gonna all be... going to look? <laughs> so we are going to be social distanced for sure. I mean, this is a thing that I respect. Okay, this is the, the, the necessity to do social distancing, the necessity to mask when you can. And to just be smart, I think, you know, is sort of the underlying principle. That stuff is actually, that's, this is important, right? So I don't want to, and I especially don't want to be that guy who, who is uh, like, people are going to watch this video and they're going to be like, why are they all so close together? Like, I totally don't want that conversation afterwards. They're going to be like, oh, it's Randy Hillier's band or something. You know, like, I don't really want that coming out. So we are going to be socially <laughs> distanced. We're going to be in a circle facing inward towards the middle. And uh, there's going to be three cameras. And uh, I'm as surprised as you are, but my camera guy says, this is what we got to do. So I just do what he tells me. And, uh, you know, there will be like the usual stuff. There'll be like <laughs> lights and that kind of thing. But uh, like there isn't going to be like, you know, like giant inflatable like like seahorses or anything like that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I do have a budget, but yeah, we'll be doing it with with a few cameras. Yeah. Okay. I, I like the idea of everybody standing in a circle. That's pretty cool. Is that something that you've done before <laughs> no, or is this going to be like a brand new No, I mean, like, <laughs> like, well, there's no audience in the, in the room, right? So we can all just face each other. And in a lot yeah. of ways, it actually makes more sense in terms of the sound, in terms of like uh, uh, mixing the sound, because the way that the mics are picking stuff up, every mic is facing out, like is facing outwards so that, uh, you know, there, there's the minimal amount of bleed. It actually makes a lot of sense, just not a great visual experience if you're actually in the theater right but uh, at the same time um, yeah <laughs> it's kind of a cool experience if you've got cameras moving around and it's definitely i just think it makes a lot of sense and and you know i on a personal level i, I kind of want to look at everybody while i'm playing you know yeah i'm kind of used to practicing that yeah, way too absolutely. so i feel that <laughs> being a live stream do you think there'll be a, a way to interact with the people watching at all or do you think it's just going to be straight people watching you know, I thought you of this on the camera so much I've, I've given this so much thought of how i could interact during the show and i just can't I, like at least not what i've got like i honestly yeah. <laughs> I, I was even like well i'm gonna have a computer next to me anyway because i'm triggering some some loops and some samples and stuff I'm going to have a computer next to me anyway. I was like, maybe I could just be like, and I'm like, no, that's stupid. That is a stupid idea. You know, because like who wants to watch me typing to like one guy in Nova Scotia who's like, nice song. And I'm going to be like, oh, thanks. I mean, you should check out the record. 
you know, like I, can't, I just can't do that in the middle of a show. <laughs> but um, one thing we are going to do is we're going to actually have some video clips that we're going to play during the show. So we're going to do like a bunch of songs and then there's going to be like a five minute of just like a pre-recorded video thing that we prepared for the for the audience. So it's not the same as interacting, but at least it'll give the audience a little bit of something extra in addition to just watching us do our thing. Okay, that's pretty cool, actually. I, I like, like the idea too, of actually. that. <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah, I was going to say if, like, in between songs, you're having to, like, pull out your <laughs> phone and be like, oh, thanks, guys, for watching. And I want to, be... like, trust yeah. me, I want to so much. <laughs> like, I really want to just be like, okay, guys, we're going to do the next song. Like, just give me five minutes. I just want to answer some stuff on Facebook. And, you know, I just want to check my Instagram and just see, like, it's so lame, but I am tempted to do that for, for in case anybody was curious. <laughs> yeah or well the only excuse i think i can come up with is if you're doing it all like by request that's a really good idea it's a really good idea but, but, uh, uh, but no <laughs> no we're not gonna do it well i'm also yeah i mean i'm also scared <laughs> Fair you know, in some ways of doing this like this is the biggest show i've ever done and and i have it all nailed down like the crew they are totally uh up to the task and then some uh, everything is pre-planned. Everything is sort of blocked out and everything like that. But I've never done it before. So I feel like one of the things I've said many times, both to the crew and to the band is like, let's not take any risks that night. You know, like, let's not try anything that we've never, well, I've never tried it before, but maybe it'd be really good. Not that night. I think that night we're just going to really focus on delivering the songs to the highest level we possibly can. Uh, uh, trying to give the audience as much extra as possible. And by that, I mean like camera and like the extra videos we're putting in and just doing a good show, I think is going to be kind of the, kind of the, the goal. And I would hate to I would hate to compromise anything with the show by trying to do something cute, you know, uh, over and above that. Uh, that would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> well, I think that's pretty much everything I had to ask. Uh, was there anything else you wanted? I, I guess to the only thing I here? would add, if you or... don't mind me saying, is uh, the kind of music we do is is. Yeah. Uh, I I realized I got like well into this conversation before I realized I haven't actually told you much about like what the music is like. We do like a we do a <laughs> lot of rock music, and uh, when I say rock, I don't mean like like Hootie and the Blowfishy kind of rock. I mean like like a lot of what we draw from is pretty heavy. We sort of tool Deftones kind of in that area. But we also branch out into some other stuff and do like, like there's not a lot of country, but like there's a little bit of a country feel in a couple of the tunes. And, you know, some of the stuff is, is there's definitely ballads as well. So it's not like in the way that tool, you know, you put on a tool album and it's like, it's all weird, right? And it's all heavy. And I love that. I, I wouldn't change it. I love it the way it is, but we have a little bit more of a varied, varied palette. Um, I, I want to say in particular, like it's hard to pick out one person, but uh, we, we have a lot of violin mixed in and in some ways that I find just very dramatic and really just so cool, you know, and we're actually going to be leaning into a little bit of Celtic stuff that's going to bring the violin in a beautiful way. But if you like, you know, really thick, raunchy guitars and pounding drums and like just a guy screaming his guts out, well, this is also a thing we intend to deliver that night. And, so, <laughs> uh, and, and we're going to leave it all on the stage. That is absolutely the truth. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds like everything I would ever <laughs> want to listen to all yeah. bundled up into one. Well, so if anybody wants to check cool. out the music, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sounding like a commercial here, but I just I want to say this, which is anybody wants to uh, check out the music, you can go to redheaven.ca. Oh, no. Or like I said, all the socials are Red Heaven Live, just one word. And, you know, if that's if you want to kind of drill deeper or if you want to find out how to watch the show, you can do it that way as well. Okay, and uh, you have a band camp as yeah. well, redheavenlive.bandcamp.com. If 
Yep. Yeah. So that's One thing about that, by the, the way, tunes. is that um, <laughs> all the music on uh, Bandcamp that we have, the Red Heaven Live on Bandcamp, where we will be releasing, meanwhile, on March 19th, uh, all the music is pay what you want. And even if that's nothing. So you can go and scoop all the tunes if you want to, and that's okay with me. If you want to pay me something for it, that's okay too. Like you should just do what you want to do. But the main thing is I just want people to be able to hear it and I want to make it accessible for them. So if you want to stream it off the site, that's fine. You want to download MP3s or waves or whatever, that's fine too. You want to give me a little money, a lot of money, no money, that's also fine. So if you want to drill into Red Heaven a little bit, it's a, it's a pretty easy and monetarily feasible way to do it. Thanks again to Joel Tamas from Red Heaven for joining me on this week's episode. Make sure you check out the live stream on March the 19th. For more details, you can probably find it on my social media. I'll be posting everything about it, or you can check it out on Red Heaven's social media. And thank you all for uh, tuning into this week's episode. Remember to give me a like and subscribe, and I'll see you next week.